Did you know that what you think about your situation has more power than what's happening in your situation? Your thoughts have power. Your thoughts have the power to make a bad situation better or to take a good situation and make it look bad. What you believe about your current situation, good or bad, will affect how you deal with that situation. There's another interesting thing about all of this, and that's what you believe is not shaped by your situation. It's the other way around. What you believe will shape what you see and think about any given circumstance. What you see as true is not directly related related to the facts around you. What you see is true is based on how you think. And when you filter the facts around you, what they do is they line up with your belief. That's why it is so important in times of crisis to focus on what you believe as the most powerful coping skill or tool in dealing with any given situation. It is what you believe that will shape your truth more powerfully than what is or what is not happening today. So, if you want help to look at what you believe, what stories you're telling yourself, and help finding beliefs that are maybe more useful and empowering, I want you to stick around and learn more. Hi, I'm Brett, licensed psychotherapist and the executive director for the Gathering of Good People.com. We're a nonprofit dedicated to helping you grow emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. We've created this new series called Anxious to address the anxieties that have been created around the coronavirus. And today, today I want to talk to you about what you believe, because what you believe is your truth. So I want you to think about what do you believe about you? about life, about your situation, about this moment. And I want you to also think about, is what you believe useful? One of my favorite books is Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Falkel. He was a psychiatrist who lived in Vienna, Austria during the 1930s and 40s. And he was of Jewish descent. This ended him up being interned in a Jewish execution camps. Uh, the book that he wrote was about his experiences and the, the psychology of surviving Nazi prison camps. His basic idea was that those of you who have created meaning in their lives and even meaning around their suffering, they, those people were able to find life, to find power 
in what was going on. And those who were not able to find meaning in their suffering, their pain, their circumstances, their life, they were the walking dead. They didn't survive. The camps were horrendous and brutal. He, he documents and details the experiences he had. But for them, for, for him and as he watched the other people, the other prisoners, for those that were able to endure, they had the ability to find reason to live, to find a truth or, or to find a story that gave them purpose. That's what came from his title, Man's Search for Meaning. Because if we have meaning, we have a story, we have a reason, we have a why, then we can do and survive amazing things. And in this current situation, there's, there's a lot of going on. And some of us are struggling. And I want to suggest that the reason we're struggling is because we don't have a good why or we don't have a good story about who we are and about what's happening in the circumstance. For Dr. Frankel, it was wanting to share what his experiences were with the world. He wanted to expose the evils done to him and to others and to share the truth that he had found through living with such pain and suffering. What you and I believe about our experiences changes our experiences. Our beliefs shape our experiences. And we can let our, or, you know, we can choose the other course, which is we can let our experiences shape our beliefs. It comes down to choice. Not choosing our experiences, because obviously we can't do that, but choosing what we want to believe about our experiences, what we want to think about our experiences. And in fact, let me contradict slightly what I just said. I would even say that it's not a choice about what we think in terms of thinking or not thinking, because we are always thinking. Our brains are always analyzing what's going on. We all have formed beliefs or made meaning out of our experiences. The choice that we have is do we make the, that meaning, do we create that story consciously or unconsciously? Because I think that is where really the choice is. See, when, when I allow an experience to define me or my truth, what I'm really doing is choosing to believe I have no voice, no say, no power. The experience has not told me that. that. The experience doesn't talk. But I have chosen that as my truth. Typically, that kind of a belief that I have no power or no control is done unconsciously. My story is that I am helpless and therefore I let the events have power over me. I'm surrender, surrendering myself 
to the circumstances and letting the circumstances define me. And I think that happens predominantly unconsciously. We're not thinking about it because we have such a deep unconscious belief that I have no power. I don't even think that's an option to to choose to define how I react or how I think or how I feel about something. It just happens because I see myself as powerless. That's my story. When I when I find meaning or or choose to tell myself that I do have power to define myself or any situation, that has to be done for me at least, and for most of us, I think, consciously and with intention. We have to choose an empowering story, meaning it is not just given to us by the circumstances. Circumstances really don't give us anything. But it is brought through the situation by my choice, my conscious choice. How do I want to see this? How do I want to believe about this? But whichever I choose to see myself as powerful or to see myself as without power, the choice becomes my truth. For truth is whatever you believe. What you tell yourself becomes your reality. Let me give you two quick examples. After Viktor Frankl, Dr. Frankl was released, he went back into psychiatry. And one day, he met a man who was severely depressed. His wife of 40 years had died, and he was lost, lost without her. And then Dr. Frankel asked her the question, asked him the question, what would have happened if you had died first and she was here without you? Oh, she, she would have been even more of a mess. She was a fragile woman and she relied on me for everything, the patient, the man answered. Well, then, Maybe it's a good thing that you carry the pain of missing her. For if she had to endure the pain you feel, it would have broken her. Maybe this is your greatest gift of love, that you are here missing her, and she's not here missing you. Victor Frankel made that response back to the patient and the patient was stunned for a moment but he sat and thought about it and and he just thought about how that felt true and the man left happy happy to hold his pain and grief for it was the pain and grief he would rather hold than have her hold Nothing changed about the man's situation other than his story. And by finding meaning in his pain, he, the patient, was able to overcome and to endure it. I remember once seeing a patient who had experienced the most violent abuse I had ever heard. She was beaten and sexually assaulted most of her childhood. Wow, what an amazing story. 
How did you survive? I asked her. She continued to talk about what she did to endure the pain. And as she did, I continued to comment. Wow, you are a survivor. At one point, she actually pushed back a little bit. How can you say I'm a survivor? It broke me. And I agreed with her and pointed to the physical scars. As I said, yeah, yeah. Your abuse left its marks both inside and outside of you. But here you sit with me. Your presence in the room and your ability to share it with me is proof you survived it. As we continued the discussion around that, she she left the room, she left the session feeling better. Not because we had changed the situation, but because we changed her story around the situation. She moved from being abused to being a survivor. Her old story had her powerless and a victim. And her new story empowered her and saw her as someone who had the ability to overcome massive pain. So, what's your story? What are you telling yourself about your current situation? If you're feeling anxious, most likely your story is unconscious. You're not really aware of your story. And it is telling you that you're powerless and unsafe. If you embrace your situation and feel hope, then your story is probably more empowering. Your story is that you will overcome, that you are stronger than your circumstance. Some thoughts, some, some considerations is what I call them, that I like to, to focus on is, what if I am safe? What if I am enough and have enough? What if I am loved? What if I am lovable? Those three considerations for me address the three core human or developmental needs. Safety, desire, and connection. And so I like those three for me because they help me keep remembering my core, who I am, my need for safety my basic desires, and this longing to connect are met. We're okay. We're okay. And that keeps my story positive and empowering. So here's your homework assignment. I can't do it for you, but I'd love to hear what you're doing. I want to hear what your story is. What do you tell yourself? Good stories, bad stories, what are you telling yourself? I want you to share your story in the comments below. And I want you, if it's a if it's a good story, great. I'd love it. I want you to maybe share a little bit what makes that story good for you. And if it's a, a bad story or maybe a story that's not that useful, not that helpful for you, 
then I want you to consider a better story for you in your current situation. And I want you to share what that story would be. So your homework this week is to focus on stories. Keep your story strong and keep yourself strong. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm Brett from The Gathering of Good People, and we'll talk soon. Take care.